It was an honor to have an Orange Sox interview with Alyssa and Ben. They were young college students who were surprised and shocked when at their 23-week prenatal checkup, it was discovered that their baby had issues. The doctor initially thought the baby had a cyst on his head and that his head was small. Later, a specialist believed it was an encephalocele and told them their baby had less than 1% chance of surviving and, if he did, he would have no quality of life. The specialist stated the only thing he could offer them was an abortion. Alyssa and Ben did not make that choice. It turns out that baby Will has a severe form of aplasia cutis congenita and was not only missing the skin on the back of his head, but the bone beneath it, a very rare condition. Alyssa, when did you find out that your baby had issues? It was 23 weeks and we went in for an ultrasound, just the, like, the anatomy scan. Our insurance allowed two ultrasounds, so we already had one at the beginning of the pregnancy, and this was the second ultrasound. During the ultrasound, our doctor saw a cyst, and he said what he, he said, he described it as a horseshoe. So it's like you could see the skull kind of come around, and then it stopped, like a horseshoe. And he was kind of confused and didn't know what was going on and the head uh, measured smaller than it was supposed to. So he sent us up to Madison Memorial Hospital. They kind of, they have more updated equipment and so they could have more, like a radiologist can look at it and have a little bit better scan and a little bit more of what's going on. So he sent us up there and then we looked and then he got the results back the next day and called us and said that it was just what he found. There was a cyst, the head was smaller and then the horseshoes. They were like, to, to, uh, the, to them it looks like the skull had stopped growing but they didn't want to say that. Like they wanted a specialist to look at it to make sure. And so we were referred to specialists in Idaho Falls and they are based out of Utah but they have a clinic in Idaho Falls and like I think there's like four doctors and they switch off every week and so they come out, they go to Idaho Falls. We went there. I think we our ultrasound was like on Wednesday and Thursday was when our doctor like set up the appointment for us to go to a specialist and then that appointment was on Monday. So we had a very hectic weekend not really knowing what was going on and then we went and the doctor said that his skull had stopped growing about midway and that the brain was growing past the skull and the brain had a lot of defects. They didn't know if there was skin or if there was no skin or a membrane or whatever was there and so they told us that he has encephalocele that the brain was pushing into a sack and we said well can anything be fixed what can happen he said like what he was like the child has like less than one percent chance of living even past 30 weeks of the pregnancy and we said well what about if the baby lives and he's like I guess there's a chance like a little tiny tiny chance and he's like but if the baby lives he'll have absolutely no quality of life he won't move he won't walk he won't he'll either live like a couple hours after birth and if he lives more than that he won't do anything he'll be a vegetable and so he said the only thing I can offer you is an abortion and so what were your thoughts about that uh, Ben? Um, definitely very very scared and definitely very I don't think it really hit us like, I don't know, it kind of hit, it take, it took a while for it to really sink in that there wasn't going to be like a possibility for Will to like survive. Like it was kind of like a slap in the face, but you didn't realize that you had got slapped with that much. Like, like you didn't know that that was the case until like later on. And I think it took us probably at least a week or two before we really like really felt the full facts, like that there would be little to no chance that he would survive. And just that there was a likely chance that he would most likely pass away before 30 weeks. So it was definitely very, very scary and very just almost seemed not realistic, not like real. 
So Alyssa, you made the, the decision to obviously to not abort, and then uh, Will was born. Do you wanted to, to describe uh, how those events and, and uh, yeah. he still lived? Yeah. yeah. So the doctor said he's like, he'll probably be a stillborn around 30 weeks. And then we got to 30 weeks, and then we got to like 31 weeks, and then 32, and then we kept going, and he was doing great. We met with specialists in Idaho Falls, and then we met with some specialists at the University of Utah Hospital. So we had a couple appointments where we would drive from Rexburg to Salt Lake, and we met with the doctor, and she was the one that was going to deliver Will. And she, um, you know, we planned a C-section with her and everything, and he was planned to be born at 39 weeks and what, like four days or something, Ooh, nice. almost 40 weeks. It was a planned C-section, everything was good, and we went in and the doctor came in and saw us before, and, sh and no, it wasn't the doctor, it was the NICU at the University of Utah NICU. So the operating room has a little tiny window, and that's where they send the babies that need to go to the NICU, they just send them right through the window. And so the, the like fellow and like the attending of the NICU came and talked to us before the C-section, and she said, okay, we have life support on standby, we have we're ready to intubate right after he comes out. She's like, I don't suspect him to live. Um, and we told him we want full intervention so that we could have time with him. And then we would take him off life support afterwards. And um, she said, okay. And they're like, we got everything ready. We got the big machines booted up. And, and we went in for the operating room and we had the surgery and Ben was watching the surgery and then Will came out and the doctor that said, you know, he's gonna come out blue, not breathing. She took him out, sucked it in his mouth. He looked at her and went, ah! and he screamed. He started crying right, right at her and she goes, whoa. And she was very surprised and she was like, whoa, that's, he's crying. <laughs> and he screamed at her and she was like, okay. And they cleaned him up and then she brought him around the curtain and we saw his face and then we saw the back of his head where his brain was showing. So and then they put him through the window and they said, okay, we're gonna come once we have him like, and then before the NICU coordinator was like, we're gonna come back and get you once he's stable and everything. And so we'll come back and get Ben. And so we were sitting there and waiting and I remember telling Ben, I was like, it's taking a while for them to come get you. So I don't think it's good. Right when I said that the nurse was like, okay, we're ready for dad. And she came in and then I was, we were like, okay, here's go. Like we've been preparing for this and we're ready for this. And then the nurse came into my view and she says, mom, he's doing great. He's breathing on his own. He doesn't need anything. He's doing fine. And then that's when, you know, I just, you know, then we started crying and then it was like, you know, and then that's when it was like, okay, like he's doing fine. And he didn't need anything. He was just in the NICU. They were, they had all these like machines booted up to like intubate him and have him on life support. And he was doing great. So you had made two sets of plans mm -hmm. after the birth of, of, of Will. What were those plans? We had a funeral planned. We were gonna bury him in Salt Lake. We had the plot and the cemetery all picked out, picked out the casket. And we would put, we would just bury him in Salt Lake after and then we would travel it back up to Rexburg and go back to school. And that's what our plan was. And then we didn't really plan for when he would live because no one gave us like. So you really only had one plan. Yeah, <laughs> now that I'm thinking, yeah. We had one plan and then as soon as he was born, we kind of dropped that plan and came up with a new one. With the second plan. With the yeah. second one. Interesting. So everybody was surprised that he was vigorous and, and he thrived. Yeah. Very surprised. No. All the doctors, the they doctors. were very shocked. Especially to find out that there was no other abnormalities or any other birth defects besides just what was going on with his head. So what is his diagnosis? His diagnosis is cutis aplasia. And what's difficult about this diagnosis is that if you look up cutis aplasia, it's like the size of a quarter. 
and usually it's just skin that's missing. Bone can still be there or bone's not there. Um, and the way they treat it is, it has a very good prognosis and the way they treat it is that they just let the, kind, the skin kind of grow in and they let the bone grow in and that's, it's kind of like having a soft spot, but like a really severe soft spot, I guess. But his was about, was bi is bigger than Ben's hand. It's, it's huge, it's the whole entire back of his head. A lot that goes on with that too is that he has brain abnormalities as well. And so with that kind of cutis aplasia, it gets really, really difficult with um, like how like how do you cover that? You know, how do you, you know, when, with no bone, like how do you cover that? So surgery wise, it was very difficult and very hard. He wasn't given a good prognosis because of his brain abnormalities and what was going on with his brain. So tell me about your daily routine with Will. So we have like two different routines. One is when he's in the hospital and one is when he's at home. When he's at home, we have a, well, we used to have a ton of doctor's appointments that we needed to go to. So that would be our day is that just going to therapies and doctor's appointments. But he's really, he's doing so well now that he's not seeing as many doctors. So um, a lot of our days are just consisted of being home and playing and doing therapies together. And Ben goes to work and then we wake up and he has different things you need to do. Like he has a G-tube, you have to take care of that. You have to clean his head a certain way um, with all of his skin grafts. So he has cares like that that are a little bit difficult but other than that it's a pretty normal daily routine that you would have with a normal baby. Sure. So Ben, what's been some of the hard parts for you, the challenges for you in having in having a child with, with a disability? Um, I think probably the biggest challenge that I've struggled with is balancing taking care of the family with trying to bring in an income and trying to um, just take care of that realm of life while still balancing being there for Alyssa and Will, obviously, because, I mean, he's gone through 13 surgeries and it's like, I want to be there for every single surgery, but it's difficult when I only get so much time. Work has been great. They've allowed me to t definitely take time off, but not being able to be there for all his surgeries, even when he has like a, an emergency surgery, sometimes it's difficult for me to get there. And so I think that's probably been the biggest struggle is just trying to balance that life. Cause does he ha need to have additional surgeries? Yeah, he'll be definitely having additional surgeries in the future, so. Do we know how many are they? <laughs> no. <laughs> There's. He, he definitely has some more for getting skull and everything else for his head. But as for how many surgeries that will entail, there's not really any specific amount. I mean, he's already gone. He's already gone through 13 surgeries for skin grafts, and so he'll probably be going through quite a few more, at least for bone graft and bone so surgeries. So they're going to try to replace the bone in mm -hmm. his head. Yeah. What's the hardest part for you, or what's been the hardest part for you, Alyssa? Going along with Ben, it's hard to be separated, I guess you could say. There's been a lot of times where he'll go in for an emergency surgery and I'm alone and I'm signing, and I think that's the hardest part is, cause you know, when he's in the um, hospital, we'll walk down with him to the operating room and I'll sign consent and then I'll say goodbye and it's really hard to do that by yourself. And it's not that, you know, his job isn't working with him, but because Will is so complex and he needs so many surgeries and he's had so many problems, if Ben took off every time, he would be taking off like once a week. You know, it's not, and it's not ideal. And um, so I've had to do that al alone a lot of the times. And I mean, Ben's there, like he calls and he FaceTimes and we can video chat and everything, but it's it's really hard to drop your kid off in the, in the OR and sign consent for surgery by yourself. That's probably the hardest. So, 
tell me about the joys. Oh my gosh, do you have time? <laughs> we have so much joys. And I think, I, I okay, so for his, um, he goes to rehab for therapies. And they have, every t at the end of every session, they ask us how satisfied we are with, like how he's progressed, how you feel he's doing, and then how satisfied you are on a scale of one to 10. And we always say 10. It's like, even like the littlest tiny progression that he makes, we're just like ecstatic about it. And I feel like we wouldn't be like that with a normal kid that, you know, we would, like with a normal kid, we'd be like, oh yeah, we expect you to like develop that way. But with him, you know, he rolls over and we're like, it's like the best day ever. Like, you know, like, it's like, we're so happy. And it's just like even the littlest, tiniest things, you just, you start to see those things. And it's just, it's really fun having him and yeah. I think it's just really, really awesome. And it's really exciting to see, I don't know, when, when you're there with the child all the time, you get to see a lot of different things that they progress in compared to other people who only see the child every now and then. I think that's been one of the greatest things because I was just barely thinking about that this morning where I was like, man, a lot of people, they see him, then they get to interact with him. And like, when you hold him, he's kind of quiet sometimes. But then you like, just like during like the night, during the day when you're just hanging out with him, he's just so like, like so like fun to hang out with and he's fun to be around. And it's just, you get to see a lot of those developmental milestones that he's making in his own life. And it's just like, it just makes it really worthwhile to be able to see that and yeah, because they told us he wouldn't interact with people, he wouldn't smile, he wouldn't have any quality of life, and, and it's fun to see him defy the odds and be and show his personality, you know, because he really does have personality. So how has his life impacted your family, your extended family, your neighbors, um, friends? I think it's in a lot of ways. I think one of the ways that it's impacted us is to just embrace like differences, I guess. And just to like, it's, o it's okay to have a child with a disability. And I think, cause when we were told that Will would have this, it was like, as we were grieving. It was a sad thing. It was bad. It wasn't good. It was negative. Um, and now that we've had him in our lives, it's like, why does that have to be a bad thing though? Just cause it's different. Just cause we don't understand it. And it's just, you know, he's just different. And that's just, that's okay. It's okay to be different and it's okay to have a, baby that's has problems you know it's it's not a bad thing and um with our friends and everything it's it's shown a lot of service you know to go out of your way for people and and to embrace differences and if you see somebody at the supermarket who is in a wheelchair you're not like oh that's really different it's just oh he's just in a wheelchair that's a normal thing it's just a part of society and then you move on i think in general it's affected everyone a little bit differently. I think for us, it's brought us a lot closer. I think for friends and family, it's it's been hard for them to see, it, like to transition from, I guess, how we were, because we're definitely different than how we were before because of him. And so I think it's been, it's a, definitely been a transition for a lot of family and friends to be able to know how to interact with us and him. And it's not always been easy for them, not always been easy for us. Um, but I think in general, it's definitely been a good transition for, for everyone to have him here. So if I came to you and at my 20 weeks checkup, it was discovered that, that I had a child that had similar conditions as Will and was being uh, encouraged by the physician to, to abort that child, um, Alyssa, what advice would you give me? 
I would say you need to give the kid a chance. And I would say every child deserves a chance. Even if, and, and I don't wanna say that as, oh, he's gonna live, it's not gonna be a problem. Because you know, there are babies that do pass away, that do have de defects and they don't live. But the, but the point is that it's, you're, you gave them that chance and they were the ones that chose and the, or they were the ones that decided to leave or they were the ones that decided to stay. But you, but you can say to yourself, and that was one doctor that we talked with. There was one doctor that said, you know, I encourage you to have him at the University of Utah Hospital because everything's there. And if he passes away, you know you did everything you could to give him the best chance. And at the end of the day, you can say that. You can say, I gave my child a chance, whether it worked out or whether it didn't work out. That's what I would say. <laughs> ben, what, what advice would you give me? I would definitely recommend that the husband and wife, or if it's just the mother, that they definitely take into consideration all the aspects of the pregnancy. I mean, I feel like in general, for our situation, the pregnancy was very, very normal. If we didn't have that ultrasound, we probably wouldn't have ever known. And it's like, maybe in some situations, there may be more risk to the mother, and in that kind of a situation, that's where they really need to take in all consideration from the doctors, from everyone that they can get information on just to educate themselves and then to trust themselves. Because I know that for us, there were multiple times that we were like, well, this is what we want, but is it really the right thing? And it came down to, we made a choice and we felt good about it. And we had to trust that we were making the right choice and just move, move forward with it. Sure. So is it worth it? Yeah, definitely. And that's one thing I, I would definitely recommend for everyone who is going through something like this. That it's not just about like the parents, and it's not just about giving like the child about like the greatest chance possible. It's like Will, he's definitely changed people's lives just by coming to Earth, like to be here. Like he's changed multiple people's lives, and it's just like it makes me wonder if those things would have happened if he hadn't been there to help influence that. So it's definitely, they, all, all children who have disabilities, they're here for a reason. They're definitely here to, to make differences in people's lives. Super. Thank you both for taking the time to meet with me. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Thanks.